Welcome back to another episode of Mobile Home Park Minute. I'm your host, Tyson Cross, and thanks for joining us today. Today, we have a, a guest, Pat Flynn with Propel Insurance. Pat, how you doing? Great. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Pat has managed risk for clients more than 25 years. In that time, Pat's developed an understanding of the challenges clients face like few other professionals in the country. He currently insures over 3,000 mobile home park communities across the country. So we're really excited to have him here. There's not much he hasn't seen. He uses his experience to help craft the coverage to meet the specific needs of manufactured housing community owners and managers. He has an exclusive insurance solution with Zurich Insurance Company and a number of other options as well. Pat and Propel have a built team that has decades of experience to support clients' insurance needs. And we were just talking before this, insurance is a pretty hot topic, especially on the West Coast where we focus or where our team focuses. And we've seen a a lot of changes in the mobile home park insurance, I guess, space. So Pat, thanks for joining us again. And I guess I'll just kick it off. In your time doing this, I mean, what do you see as the biggest changes happening today, or, or what do you, what have you seen over the course of your career in terms of where things have gone and where they are today with regards to insuring mobile home parks? Well, that's a long career and a lot of changes, and it's uh, things go from earthquake concerns from a property perspective to what today everybody talks about from an underwriting perspective that they weren't talking about a few years ago is wildfires. So we're consistently seeing changes in underwriting, tightening of underwriting, and a lot, well, quite a few carriers that are have been in this space that are getting out. Yeah, we've seen it, no doubt. We were just talking specifically about some cases where, you know, it's gotten almost down to closing and we still didn't have an insurance carrier. And so maybe we start there and just talk a little bit about what insurance carriers now are requiring from an underwriting perspective I know that there's actually, you referred to it as zones from a risk standpoint, specifically on the West Coast. And for those listening, maybe that aren't the West Coast, we obviously have a lot of fire, wildfires the last few years, and it seems to have gotten worse every year. But maybe start there and how are companies or insurance carriers now looking at different properties and how do they evaluate it? It's actually an issue across the country. There's little wildfire zones in Colorado, in Texas, in Illinois, you know, you would think, no, it's just in Southern California, in the canyons. But it's uh, some of our largest losses have been in Medford, Oregon, you know, where the an insured today, a community owner needs to understand what their risk is. And there's numerous ways to determine their wildfire risk score. There's risk meter, red zone, and they need to reach out to their insurance broker and ask them the question, hey, how does the underwriting community view my risk, my location from a wildfire perspective to get in front of it? So in other words, is there anything they can do though, right? So I mean, I would assume that these are pretty set in stone depending on the geographical location and and there's not much you can do, right? There is not, but there's also an you're able to negotiate with the carriers and at least get out in front of it to find out if it's going to be a concern so that you're prepared to with options. You can make sure that brush is cleared around your community. If it is, it's got a poor score for 
brush area around the community or i mean if it's just in a canyon in southern california there may not be much you can do okay so things to mitigate the damage depending on where you are is there always an option i guess the question becomes is there always an insurance option i can find you insurance for any piece of business you have it's just a matter of how much it costs you know you're seeing people that in California have to go to the fair plan and it's an assigned risk pool set up by the state of California. We're placing property coverage in Lloyd's of London with super high deductibles and extremely high premiums. You know, we can get things done, but it it gets ugly. You know, so we try to try to stay out of it and try to keep it in our domestic markets to keep the price down. Okay. I mean, in terms of California, Oregon, and Washington, you mentioned the California Fair Plan. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? So maybe people listening don't who might not know what that is. And then there's two others, right? I guess one for each each state, Oregon and Washington, similar to that to that. Well, there's California set up specifically for the wildfire issue that they've got an insurance product that is managed by the state of California and it's the market of last resort. And there's a few of those around the country. You know, Florida's got a, a market, you know, as their their concern is more wind. They do also have wildfire issues down there. But they, you know, various states have markets of last resort. Right now, it's really California is the is the leader in the, well, they're the problem child as far as pr- providing coverage for some of the communities in the uh, wildfire zones. Okay. So in other words, if there's no other carriers, we can go to California State the California Fair Plan. And as I understand it, like you mentioned, it's a sort of a pool of carriers. And do they they basically have to rotate who elects to insure that park? So in other words, if we, is that kind of right? Yeah. And there's some reinsurance set up by the government to, you know, the state of California to kind of back it and support it. It's not a great option. It's really limited coverage. I think that you would have problems with any lender with the coverage that they're providing. So it's a problem if you're if you're out there and you're you're dealing with any lenders whatsoever. Yeah. We recently worked on a transaction where they did get a California fair plan. So in other words, it's it's pretty limited in coverage. Does it tend to be more expensive as well? Yeah. It's probably four or five times at least what you're paying the standard markets. Wow. That's crazy. And then what about Oregon and Washington? Do they have something similar or is there something else they have similar solutions. It hasn't gotten to that as, as extreme as California, but it, it may be getting there. But there's similar solutions in states. Okay. We hear a lot about compliance issues, and I guess you referred to this earlier. A lot of, I guess, clients of ours who owns multiple parks, they're getting, I guess, what you would call people going out and saying, hey, you need to clear this brush or you need to pave your roads. We've heard that. You need to watch or you need to to get rid of the trip hazards. Are you seeing this happening on existing policies? In other words, six months into a, someone buying a park, to, can somebody go out there and drive through a park and just write you up for certain issues? Or is this more so on new purchases or refis? No, insurance companies can and do inspect properties whenever they would like to. They've got limited resources our program, we inspect properties every three years, and that report goes 
back to the community owner. And we're definitely seeing a tightening in underwriting across all the carriers where they're looking at the inspections. They're looking for you know, what policies and procedures in place and practices for the communities. Are they doing daily inspections? Are they documenting the daily inspections? Are they pointing out hazards and then addressing those hazards? Are they grinding down lips that are raised or trip hazards or building things up or making sure that holes have been filled? And then are you documenting that so that the documenting the work that's been done to establish a pattern in case there is a, a legal action against you, you can show that you've been making the attempt to keep your community safe. And it's not only an issue with the guests and our tenants, it's also a workers' comp issue with our employees. So it's critical to make sure that our employees are staying safe because our workers' comp claims can be significant and it has can have significant impacts as well as a general liability claim from a lawsuit from a tenant. And so I guess you've already alluded to this. So thinking ahead in terms of people listening that might be purchasing a park or maybe getting ready to sell, what would be some steps or or things to do in order to prepare for that? And I guess on top of that, is it more important to be thinking about these things if you're going to sell it a park or if you're looking to buy? Are there different things that you would do maybe? I think it's, you know, for, it's just the due diligence process that I think most purchasers or sellers should be prepared for. Looking at your insurance claims history for the last five years, what claims are on there, whether it's general liability, property, or workers' comp, looking at those claims and understanding, do we have any repeat offenders on our workers' comp that may not be the best employees going forward? Or do we have a pattern of trip and fall hazards? And is it more of a tenant issue or is it an actual physical exposure issue? And I would ask if I'm buying a community, if the insurance company has done an inspection and ask for a copy of the last inspection. If I'm selling my community, I may ask my broker, hey, when was the last time an inspection was done? And can I get a copy? there'll be loss control recommendations that are made that have to be signed off, but that may have been a few years ago and it may not be right there in in the front of the file. Yeah. I, you know, I've never, I don't think I've ever uh, talked to an owner about an insurance inspection when we're, when we're going to sell. Does that, is that common that those are being done? Cause I've never run into that. You know, there's a few carriers that don't do them. Liberty Insurance Company does not do inspections. They're also getting out of the manufactured housing community and RV space, maybe because they haven't been doing inspections. But most of the major players in this, the manufactured housing and RV space have been doing inspections. You definitely have it in California with the failure to maintain issues that are prevalent in California, or not prevalent, but particular to California but you're also just seeing the general inspections by most carriers, whether it's an apartment risk or a manufacturing risk or an RV or manufactured housing community risk. Interesting. So a lot of times we'll, we'll um, get a request for an insurance loss run report. Can you explain what that is compared to maybe some of the other stuff that you're referencing? 
Yeah, the loss run report is just a history of the claims. And it's you're always going to want five years of claims history as a buyer. And you might as well have it ready as a seller because it's going to be part of the due diligence that any insurance carrier that's going to write a piece of business is going to ask for. The other thing that the inspections are good for is a lot of the carriers these days are asking for information on the structures. When were they built? Have they done any work on them? Have they updated electrical? Have they updated plumbing? And sometimes those can get in the way of the underwriting process. So it's good to if get in front of that as well if you can, whether you have a regular contractor that provides service for your community that does electrical work or the roof or framing. If you have, if I'm selling it, it would be great to have a document from my three major vendors that would show that my, that I've been working on my structures and they're updated to the most current codes or reasonable, at least a reasonable level. Yeah. Cause I think we ran into this where, where you and I were working on a transaction where think the uh, buyer was was working with maybe another insurance group and they they had asked about the age of the structures and the I guess what the electric the age of the electric and and other I guess infrastructure to that and they didn't they weren't I guess the seller didn't know about that so that actually caused a delay so maybe getting ahead of that and saying hey Mr. Seller Mrs. Seller this is something you'd want to know is making sure that you know kind of have these items prepared because or for a buyer, hey, you're going to try to want to get this ahead of time. I think what we're trying to tell people now is when we're getting things into contract and they're getting through more more of the finalizing their inspection contingency and removing that, making now moving on to financing, trying to get ahead of the insurance aspect because we just see it taking a lot longer than it has. Is that pretty common across the board? Just it's taking a lot longer? It is. I mean, the underwriting process with some carriers can be up to a month, you know, and, you know, it's nice to have my own program where I have the pen for Zurich insurance company that I can quote it right here in our office and turn things around really quickly. But other carriers take a fair amount of time to return a quote, depending on the information that's provided and just how busy they are, but it can take weeks sometimes. What about the park owned home component? Is that something that's completely separate? You know, when talking about an insurance policy or can owners lump that into the policy if maybe they have like four or five park-owned homes or there's, which totally separate than maybe like a couple apartment units, things like that. How has that changed things? Yeah, it's really the carrier's appetite. There's numerous carriers out there that will say, sure, we're okay with park-owned homes, whether it's a home that is for sale or a home that is being rented out. And various carriers have percentages that are acceptable. So, you know, maybe 10% of the community can have rentals or 10% of the community can be park-owned homes or, you know, models for sale. There are carriers that will not provide coverage for that. And then you're forced to go to another market that can provide just a policy for the homes themselves, but it's not ideal. It's better to just be able to wrap it into the package. What about uh, RV parks? Any differences there or are they pretty similar? A lot of the RV parks have the same kind of clubhouses, structures that a manufactured housing community will. 
there's, you know, the wildfire is still a concern, even though you would expect people to be able to just say, okay, let's get out of here. But you still definitely have the exposure. The business income exposure is for these manufactured housing communities is a a key piece of it in these wildfires because you lose all the homes in your community. No one's paying your rent. So you want to make sure you've your policy structured so that it actually will keep paying you that net income and continuing expense you need to stay alive. For people listening, just in terms of on the buy side, going back to the timing perspective, how quickly do you think it takes you to get back to someone and say, yeah, we can get you an insurance quote on this or, or how long to get quotes? What, what is a good time frame to give people? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's hard to answer because if you tell me you've given me the loss runs, the application and an inspection, I can probably turn it around in three days. But if you call me and say, hey, I need a quote, then I'm sending you the application, the request for loss runs, the request for an inspection. And we may that may take the seller or the buyer now has to go to the seller. The seller has to go to their agent and the agent has to go to the carrier. So you, you could be talking up to a week, 10 days before you can get some of that required information back to finalize the quote. So you just mentioned this is good information. So in order to get the quickest or fastest response in terms of quotes for a purchase, having the loss run report, having a filled out application with probably knowing some of the age and, and infrastructure stuff, right? Like when those things have been updated. And then what was the last piece? I thought there was a third that you said, or what there is. Oh, an inspection if they've been done. I mean, they're great to have. So at least it Okay. Now, would that be something that a seller wants to get proactively or is that just if we have it great? I mean, we do have companies that if you said, hey, I want somebody to go out and do an inspection on this and gather all this information, we can help arrange that. But it's the inspection would be more if it's been done. It will be done after, you know, you write after we write the business to kind of just validate the numbers and spaces and, and understand what's there. I think we've covered a lot. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to mention for people, whether buying, selling a park, get thinking about getting into the space, anything else that may be worth mentioning? I think we've covered it. I think I just put it on your list to do early and start the process early so that you're not stuck two days before closing without an insurance policy in place, or at least knowing what direction you're going to go. I know they always talked about when people first got into this, or at least I remember getting into it. You know, you you go to parks and they have like big trampolines in the yards, maybe barbecues or just like, I don't know, hot tubs. Are those all things that could kill chances of getting a policy? For sure. Yeah. Trampolines are a no-go. How do you deal with that? I think you could drive through a lot of communities and not see trampolines. They're more of an anomaly. When you look at the park rules, what we do is we ask for a copy of the park rules, and then we look at those rules and say, okay, we're assuming you're enforcing those. But usually you see no pools, no trampolines. If we do see trampolines in an inspection, the carrier will say, hey, that has to be removed, or we're going to send a notice of cancellation or non-renewal. Yeah. And so purchase the park 30 days later or in that period, first month, you come out, the inspector does their thing. And then they'll give you a list of items and say, hey, you got to fix X, Y and Z. 
within a certain period of time. Otherwise, you know, you're going to get flagged because this policy, what we underwrote was you had the park rules and regs and you weren't going to have trampolines. And so in other words, you'll get time to do that. Right. So anybody listening who's buying a park that has trampolines, you can you can still do it. It's then you got to go in and actually kind of clean it up. You want to make sure you're following your own rules. Yeah. Well, this has been very helpful, Pat. What's uh, and we'll put some contact information below in the show notes and make sure people get a hold of you. But if you could tell people what's the best way to get a hold of you and. Sure. My email address is pat.flynn, F-L-Y-N-N, at propel, P-R-O-P-E-L, insurance spelled out dot com. Or you can reach me anytime at 206-910-2503. And our website is MHC Pro that we are in the process of building out, we'll have some, you know, sample inspection reports and other items that may be helpful to folks. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be super. And you can insure parks all over the country, right? Oh yeah, we're writing. I'm not sure if I'm in every state right now, but I've got 3000 around the country. So I've got quite a spread. Awesome. And has there ever been a time where you couldn't get an insurance policy for a park? No, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Pat. Really enjoyed the time. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Take care. Thanks, Tyson. You bet. 